Welcome to Pinchas, Sikhe Beis, and Chelek Yid Gimel, page 99. This is a Sikhe here on Rashi in this week's Parsha. A gorgeous, gorgeous Sikhe. The Rebbe goes through details and points out how everything in the Rashi is so exact, so precise. Let's see. B'tchiles Parshas HaKarbonis, in the beginning of the Parsha of Karbonis, B'parsha Seinu, in this week's Parsha. Maitik Rashi as Hateva is Tzav as Bnei Rashi brings from the Pasik these words, Tzav as Bnei Yisrael, and Rashi explains as follows. What does it say before this in the Hashem. Meish Rabbeinu is asking of the Ebishter that he should appoint somebody to be a leader in Klal Yisrael after he passes away. So here the Ebishter responds to Meish Rabbeinu, Before you are commanding me what to provide for my children, to provide a leader for them, I am asking you to command my children to do for me and to bring the Karbanis, as it says in the continuation of the Psukim here. Then Rashi says, Rashi brings a mashal for this concept, as we'll see later on in the next Tif. So the Rebbe has a couple of questions just on this section of Rashi. The first and obvious question here is, What's bothering Rashi in the meaning of these words that Rashi has to explain them? Is it the word Tzav? There's something unique about this word Tzav, command the Yidin? What's the significance of this word Tzav? Rashi already explained it and emphasized that this is its meaning always. The word Tzav always means commanding for now and for future generations. To encourage, to be mezadas, to do it in all future generations. So that's the meaning of Tzav always. So always, in Teireh, there is no other interpretation to the word Tzav. So why is Rashi... Why would Rashi have to explain that word here again? So it's not the word Tzav that Rashi is bothered by. Yesh Mepharshim, others say as follows. Rashi simply coming to explain the continuation of the Psukim. Where does this this subject of the Karbanis come as a continuation to what was spoken about before? Before it speaks about that Moshe Rabbeinu will be passing away, and Moshe Rabbeinu requests of the Eibishter to appoint somebody to be a leader, and then we come into the parish of Karbanis. So what's the connection? When Rashi says that earlier it says Yivkod Hashem, in other words, Rashi is really pointing to a question. There's no, doesn't seem to be any connection between what it says here and the Karbanis and what it said before that Abishu should appoint a leader for Yidin. And Rashi answers that this is a conversation that Abishu had with Moshe Rabbeinu. It's difficult to say this, but Rashi, that Rashi is coming to explain the connection of this parsha to the previous parsha. Key number one, Aleph, signing Rashi the style of the way Rashi writes this. If this is his question, when he comes to explain why two parshias come one after the other, Rashi always uses the term Lama Nismacha. Why does this come near the previous subject? Rashi himself uses this terminology right over here in this parasha. Go up to mountain Avarim. And Rashi says, Why is this written here? Why is Parshas Miraglim come right after the story with Miriam? Why is the Parsha of the Menorah right after the Parsha of the Nesim? And other examples. So Rashi always uses the term Lamanismacha. If that's Rashi's question here, Rashi would have definitely used the same terminology. Bayes, another point. The fact that the Parsha of Karbanis is being said now is It can be simply understood. Kivin, Sha'adata, since up until now, Saif Mem Shanaba Midbar, at the end of being 40 years in the Midbar. The, the Yidin were not yet told all the details of the mitzvah of the Karbanis. So, so this is the last opportunity. The Yevishim must command them on this now. Before we begin, Mishnah Teira, which is the Chumash Devarim, where the Yevishim repeats and reviews the, the mitzvahs that he already said, which Moshe Rabbeinu speaks. 
If the Abish is not going to command it to them now, so whether when yes, this was the last opportunity to say this. So why the Yidin are being told the mitzvah of Karbanis now? Because they were never told the mitzvah of Karbanis before. Now, if you're going to say, so, so why weren't they told before? Why, when it does come up before in Parshish Emmer, where some of the Karbanis are mentioned, why wasn't it said before? So the Rebbe in the Ha'ara points out, if that's the question of Rashi, then Rashi is not giving an answer. But if the question simply is, what's the connection of the Karbanis to why now a Moshe Rabbeinu passes away, is going to be passing away? Do we say the Karbanis? The answer is, because they, this is a mitzvah they haven't been told till now, and this was the last opportunity for it to be said. So this is not really a question. Gam, so now that Rebbe gives a third suggestion of what might be Rashi's question. Gam in Lefarish, the Koshal Rashi, Kefal Aloshin Tzav, Tzav has been a Yisrael, Vamarta What's bothering Rashi is that the Taita's words, it's extra. It says Tzav, command the Eden, and then it says again, Vamarta Aleim, you should tell them. Ashachad Mehem, Lechayrim Yusser. One of the two is extra, either Tzav is extra, or Vamarta Aleim is extra. So this can't be the question of Rashi. He, for the following reasons. Aleph number one, Rashi should have brought from the Pasik, before he says his Pshat, or within his Pshat, Rashi should have brought the words, This is the basis of his question. If Rashi is bothered by the fact that the Torah is repeating itself, and therefore Rashi says that Sav is telling us a new pshat, that it's a connection to what Moshe, a conversation that Moshe had with the Abishter, so Rashi should have brought the words, This is a key always in understanding Rashi, looking at what Rashi brings from the Pasuk. And here he does not bring the words, Bez, another point is, Later in Parshish Masseh, in connection to the borders of Eretz Yisrael, Nemagamken, it says the exact same terminology, and there Rashi says nothing. And of course, what Rashi says here, that the Tater writes extra, is because it's in connection to a conversation Moshe has with the Abishter, does not apply there in Parshish Masseh. So there Rashi doesn't explain it, so apparently Rashi holds it doesn't require explanation. Now the Rebbe points out another point, it says in the Torah many more times, a very similar Lashen, speak to the Eden and you should tell them. Rashi never explains the double language used here. So we're going to have to say, that in the Pshat of the Pasuk, it's not considered to be a question. The the fact that the Torah is repeating this, it's to strengthen the command. The Ebishter is telling Meishter speak to them, tell them. It's just to strengthen the idea. But there's no other Pshat here for this. So if so, in our case as well, when it says, the repetition doesn't require an explanation. So the Rebbe suggested three different shotim of what, what might be Rashi's question, whether the word Sav itself, or maybe the, the Rashi is explaining the smichas aparshias, why this parsha comes here now, or the redundancy of Tzav and Vamarta Aleim. And the Rebbe showed us how none of these pshatim could be what Rashi comes to be addressing. So we're back to our question, what is it that Rashi is coming to address in the Pshat of the Pasuk? Now the Rebbe continues and brings the moshal that Rashi brings here to explain his Pshat. Rashi Mamshach Bepirushai, Rashi continues, Moshal Abbas Melech. There is a Moshal, a parable of a daughter of a king, a princess, Shahisan of Tedesman Oilam that was departing from the world. And she was telling her husband to take charge of the children, Bechulu, and so on. And the Moshal continues, Kedisa Bisifri, as this Moshal is explained in the Sifri. So now the question over here is what's this Moshal all about? Rashi only brings part of the mashal. What is going on over here? The Ainu, move him. The question here, first of all, is Mani Tosif Ba'avonasakosiv. What is added in understanding this pasuk here? The Hanimshal and the Nimshal At She'atam Etzaveni Albane Chulu Ayidei Mashal Zeh. We have over here the Eibushter telling Moshe Rabbeinu, instead of you commanding me to take care of my children, I, ca- I tell you to command my children to listen to me. And for that, we bring this mashal of a similar thing where you have a princess that passes away and, tell, and tells her husband to take care of the children. And the husband says to the, his wife, tell the children to look out for me. But it it's, seems to be a very simplistic mashal and it doesn't really add any, any additional understanding to the content of what we're speaking about. Not only does it not add, seemingly to the contrary. Hanimshal muvayesama mashal. 
the nimshal, the actual story that happened here between the Eibishter and Meishe Rabbeinu is more understood than the marshal that Rashi brings. And the Rebbe points out a few difficulties here, a few discrepancies in the comparison of the marshal and the nimshal. Aleph number one, Bakoshas Meishe Meisa Kadesh Baruch When Meishe Rabbeinu requests from the Eibishter, Yifke Deshem Goyme Isha Le'eda, appoint a person to be a leader over the congregation. It's very understood why Moshe Rabbeinu is, is asking for this, and it's very needed. He's asking for a leader for all of the Eden. And a leader that has to be there for every individual, to, to be able to listen to every individual according to what his needs are, according to his opinion. So that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was requesting for in the Nimshal that we're talking about over here. But Vilubam Moshal, if you look at the Moshal of what the, uh, the Bas Melech, the princess, is asking from her husband, Hamadubarhu Bibaneosha Bas Melech, we're talking about children that are the children of a princess. Aleph, number one, Shehem is same Mispar. They're just a few, few individuals. We're not talking about something so vast, so great, and so important like an entire nation. And Bez, number two, Shehem Bonim. They're children. They are her husband's children. And it's at least not so necessary. He doesn't need his wife, the princess, to come and tell him to take charge of the children. So the, the marshal seems to be much less, there's much less of a concern of the well-being of the um, children than there is in the case over here of the, uh, the marshal. Yeah, okay. So that's uh, one discrepancy, one, one thing that's over here, not uh, similar to the Marshall and the Nimshal. Another point is, Bayes, the second point is, What is the response of the Abishra to Moshe Rabbeinu? Command the Yidin to, uh, to listen to me. So move on. When the Abishra commands, tells Moshe Rabbeinu to command the Yidin to listen to me, so it's understood, The Yidin already have transgressed the Abishra's commands more than once. They've been tested and they were, they were testing the Abishra more than once while they were in the Midbar. So we understand the importance of why you have to warn Yidin after Moshe Rabbeinu passes away. That's in the Nimshal. So that's understood why the Abishal was concerned about this. But in the Moshal over here, where the husband says, tell the children to take care of me, to look after me. Why would we think that the children will forget about their father? And you have to specifically command the children, the, the husband is telling his wife, the princess, talk to the children before you pass away that they shouldn't forget about me. Why would children, why would we suspect that children would forget about their father? So both parts of the mushal don't seem to be adding anything to understanding the nimshal. Not only that, it seems to be completely out of place. It doesn't uh, match up to the point that we're speaking about over here. Then there's another point here. The way Rashi quotes this mashal is very interesting. It doesn't, it's not really very helpful. Why? Aleph number one, Rashi maitik midivriya sifri. Rashi brings from the words of the sifri only half of the mashal. Mashal abas melech shayisen of teres The princess was passing away. And she's telling her husband to take charge of the children. And he stops right there. And then all Rashi says is, This is the mashal that's brought in the sifri. So omimonavshach. Either way, it's not understood what Rashi is gaining by bringing only half of the story. If all Rashi is trying to do is just lead you to the, uh, to the source, go look it up for yourself. You have to look it up for yourself. So then Rashi should have just simply said, Go and find the mashal of the princess that's brought in the Sifri. Just giving you a reference, where to find it. If Rashi wants to tell you the content of the mashal itself, if he feels it important to share the actual mashal itself, so then Rashi should have brought the entire mashal. And not only to bring some of the details, part of the mashal, what's, what's helpful to bring part of only half of the story? So we now we must say, These details that Rashi brings, that's the main thing that's, all, that's necessary to understand that Rashi is saying here. 
The rest, the continuation of the mushal, is not, is not relevant. So Rashi only brings the part of the mushal that's relevant. So the question is, What's exactly the main points that Rashi is making here by bringing a half a story, by bringing a half a mushal? That's the first thing. Bayes, the second point is, The source for this mushal is in the Sifri. If you take a look in the Sifri itself, as Rashi tells you, so you take a look in the Sifri itself, so you'll find some slight differences. Aleph number one, so Avosham Isa, there it says differently. Aleph, Moshul Chulu Lemelech. There we're talking about a king that's departing from the world. And Beis, Shohaisa Ishtoi, Veloi Bas Melech. Okay, so we're talking about a Melech and his wife. So again, sorry, let me repeat this again. We're talking about a Melech and his wife. The queen is passing away and the queen, the, uh, the queen is, telling the, is, is having a conversation with her husband, the king. It's not talking about a princess and her husband. Rashi switches the mashal and he says, Aleph, number one, he says, Mashal Abbas Melech. We're not talking about the queen, we're talking about the princess. Bays, we're not talking about the king, but she's telling her husband to take charge. Stam, her husband, doesn't give the husband any additional titles. Her husband. We're not talking about a king. So why is Rashi bringing it differently than the Sifri? So the Rebbe says right away, There's no question about it. Rashi must have found such a version in the Sifri that has the mashal this way. We call Makkah, made a move on, but the question is, Why does Rashi choose this version? And Rashi doesn't bring the more accepted version the way we have it in the Sifri. In all of our books of the Sifri that we have, this is the version that we have. So this is the more accepted version. Why does Rashi bring a different version of the Sifri? And if you look more into the details here of the changes that Rashi makes, it seems like that the uh, version of the actual Sifri that we have is, is more appropriate. On the contrary. This is all being, bought, being, being brought as a parable for the Eibishter. The Melech. The parable that should be talking about a king. And over here, the Eibishter is the king. That, that would be much more appropriate. So, we must say, It's specifically this version that Rashi found that we're talking about a princess and we're talking about a husband, not about a king. This is the more simple pshat to understanding the pshat of the Pasik, which is what Rashi is here to do. We need to understand what this is all about. Why is Rashi choosing specifically this version of the Mashal? Gimel, there's another question here. It was already spoken about this more than once. Whenever Rashi points a source to his pshat, although Rashi very often does not. And especially when Rashi does not simply say that this is a pshat from Rabbi Seinu. Rather, he writes specifically where he took it from, that it comes from the Sifri. Why is Rashi doing so? Rashi wants to negate a source of a similar source that's in another place. And that other place has a similar concept, similar pshat, but it's not the pshat that Rashi is quoting because it doesn't fit in the pshat of the Pasik. So that's why many, very often you have a similar idea that appears in two sources. So Rashi tells, says, Sifri in our case, Rashi says Sifri, so that you should know that you have to look at the mashal in the Sifri and not in another source. And the Rebbe says an alternative, Oi, possibly, Sha'iim ba'amokir, Rashi is pointing you to the uh, source, because by looking into the source, Yitaretz kushye, Shetisayretz l'talmud mamulach, by a real sharp student, sharp learner that might still have a question even after what Rashi said, although Rashi is telling you what's adequate to understanding the pshat. But sometimes there may be an additional question that a sharp learner may have, so he's telling you, look in the Sifri, and that question will be answered as well. Right of here in our case, What is Rashi coming to hint and explain by adding the source that this mashal comes from the Sifri? So here the Rebbe brings us, where is the other source where a similar pshat, where a similar mashal is brought? 
on the Tanchuma right over here on this Pasik, it says, it says as follows. He brings a very similar, lush, a similar parable in our case. What could this be compared to? A king that gets married to his wife. And his wife, the queen, has somebody accompanying her. Or somebody that's a mediator between the king and the queen, or let's call him a marriage counselor. Whenever the king has an issue with his wife, he gets angry at his wife, at the queen, the marriage counselor is right there, and he appeases the king and makes peace amongst them. This um, this marriage counselor, or this uh, person, this mediator, is going to die. He sees he's, he's, he's going to be removed from the scene. So he comes and he requests of the king, I request of you, pay attention to your wife, treat her well. He's concerned what's going to happen when he's not going to be there. So the king responds and says, Why are you coming to me to ask me to treat my wife well? Go to my wife and tell her to treat me well. Sounds uh, typical. Okay, so this is the marshal that it brings here in the Medrash, that this is something that goes on between a king and, and the queen. When you have a person, a mediator in between, that this is the, the marshal that's being used for the conversation between the Abishter and Meshur Rabbeinu regarding whether the Abishter has to tend to the needs of the Yidin, or whether the Abishter tells Meshur Rabbeinu, no, that the Yidin have to tend to my needs to listen to what I want of them. So lefizeh mokim loyma. Based on this, we can say, the Moshul Zeshe Tanchuma, it's this Moshul here in the Tanchuma, Barashi Lishloil Rashi is negating, this is not the Moshul that fits into the Pshara of the Pasik, but you have to look into the Sifri. But Omnom, Hogufa Boy Beer, this itself needs an explanation. In what way is the, Rash, is the Moshal that Rashi brings any better than this Moshal over here of this Shushvin, of this intermediate, of this uh, mediator between the king and the queen that's passing away? Why is Rashi's Moshal any better than this Moshal? They both seem to be. Good Mishalim. In fact, the Rebbe pointed out before that there are some problems with the Moshal that Rashi brings. So why isn't this Moshal of the Tanchuma a good Moshal for the Pshat of Rashi? So we have many, many questions here on Rashi's Pshat, both regarding Bechalal, what's Rashi coming to say? It's not clear at all which question Rashi is coming to address in the Pasik. The Moshal that Rashi brings seems to be out of place, doesn't seem to match up with the Nimshal. The way Rashi quotes the Moshal, he only quotes it partially, and he points us to the Sifri, what is going on with this Rashi? So the Rebbe explains as follows. The explanation for all of this is as follows. And the Rebbe begins with explaining what is the question that Rashi is coming to address. Tevas Tzav. The meaning of the word Tzav, Kvar Pirsha Rashi, Rashi already explained it, Kanal as we quoted before, Ain Tzav El Eloshin Zeros. The word Tzav means that you're encouraging somebody to go ahead and do this. You're not just telling him about this, but you're commanding him and you're encouraging him to go ahead and do it right away. So omizem move on. So if so, it's understood. The aloshin tzav, the expression of commanding of tzav, only makes sense when you're talking to those individuals that will be fulfilling this command. So they are the people that are going ahead and doing this. So therefore you have to tell them, you have to encourage them, they shouldn't procrastinate and they should go right at it, they should get it done right away. That's if you're speaking to them, to those people that are doing it, it's necessary to use the expression of tzav to encourage them to do it. If so, we can see now what the question Rashi has over here in our parsha. What's the content of this entire parsha? To bring the karbonis in the right time. This is a mitzvah that is for the kainim. How does the parsha here begin? Tzav as B'nai Yisrael. Command the Yidin. V'loi Tzav as Adam as Bonav. It doesn't say command Adam and its children, which are the ones that are doing this. And the Rebbe adds, Ukemoishenema B'reish Parshish Tzav. In the beginning of Parshish Tzav, where it says the expression of Tzav to encourage them to do it immediately, it's speaking to the Kayanim and it's telling them, it's encouraging them to do it. Over here it does not say Tzav as Adam as Bonav. Shehem Amis Askim Ba'akrav as They are the ones that bring the Karbonis. So why does it say 
Tzav as B'nai Yisrael. So that's the question of Rashi. So Rashi brings these words from the Pasuk, Tzav as B'nai Yisrael, because this is the question. The expression of Tzav, which is encouraging the person that's doing something to get it done right away, and as B'nai Yisrael, which is not the people that bring the Karbonis, is out of place. So now to answer this question, So Rashi brings these words that are his question. And Rashi explains as follows. What does it say earlier? That Moshe Rabbeinu asks the Ebeshter to appoint someone upon Yidin. is now responding. Before you command me to provide for my children, Command my children to do, to listen to me. So now Rashi is introducing a new pshat of why it says Tzav as B'nai Yisrael, although this is later relevant to the Kainim. The Hainu meaning as follows, the Pirish Tzav as B'nai Yisrael benidin didan. The meaning of Tzav as B'nai Yisrael in our case, Hulav dafka lakrovas akarbonis miyadu It's not commanding the Yidin directly about these karbonis, that they should go ahead and bring the karbonis, because they're not, they're not the ones that do it. This is a Pasuk for itself, which is coming to encourage Yidin generally in their dedication to the Eibishter. It's a Zirus Kloli to all Yidin to be dedicated to the Eibishter before Meisha passes away. And this, is, this comes This is the Eibishter's response to Meisha Rabbeinu's request that the Eibishter should appoint somebody upon Yidin. So when it says Tzavas B'nei Yisrael, this Pasik is, is a response of the Eibishter. That's why it says Tzavas B'nei Yisrael. That the Yidin should be concerned about me, the Yidin should listen to me. So therefore it says over here, and the Rebbe points out three details. Aleph, it says Loshen Tzav. It says a strong Loshen command them. Why is this? Because it's connected to what it said before. Kishem shemayshem mitzaveini albonai. B'tzivoy, when Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to the Eibishter, he's commanding the Eibishter. He doesn't simply request. He's commanding the Eibishter, yifked Hashem, that the Eibishter should appoint somebody upon the Eden. So he's speaking in a very strong uh, language. Kach ona kadosh baruch hu The Eibishter answers Moshe Rabbeinu with the same strong language. Tzavi esbanai alai. Command the Eden to listen to me. It's one detail. The term tzav. Beis as Bnei Yisrael to command all Yidden v'leirak Aaron Abonav. This is not only Aaron and his children. Kishem shebikish Moshe Yifked Hashem al Bonai. The Eibusher asks of the, the, the again Moshe asks of the Eibusher to appoint somebody upon all Yidden. Shebazeh called Bnei Yisrael Shavin to have a leader for all the Klal Yisrael. All Yidden are the same. The necessity is equal for everybody. So when the Eivishter answers, when the Eivishter answers Moshe, he says, that all Yidin together, equally, all Yidin equally should be there to listen to me. This is not talking about a specific mitzvah that applies to one Yid or another Yid or one segment of Klal Yisrael. This is a general tzave to command Yidin in general, all equally to be dedicated to the Eivishter. Gimel, another detail. However, it doesn't mean that this Pasuk is completely disconnected to the Parsha that follows, which is the Parsha of Karbanas. Then there's an additional detail which is related to this. Debesh is not just telling Eden, take me seriously, remember me, keep me in your heart. That's not, it's not just in the heart. It is related to what follows, which is the Karbanas. Meaning, command Yidin to listen to me to such an extent, it should be something that should lead to action, to doing something, like being makr of a carbon. We'll move on, so it's understood. And this is an action that we mention here, the action of the Karbanis is something that's relevant for all of Klal Yisrael. Although it's not something which all of Klal Yisrael is actually doing, because the Pshad of the Pasuk Tzav is B'nai Yisrael is Moshe Rabbeinu encouraging, the Ebesh is telling Moshe Rabbeinu to encourage and command Yidin to Bechlal be dedicated to the Ebesh, but that encouragement should be B'negeya to something that will come down into action, and we're talking about an action that is relevant to all the Klal Yisrael. What is this? Pu'ulis HaKarbonis, bringing the Karbonis. Shal Yodam Nasser Reich Nechayach, this brings a pleasure to the Eibishter. Nachas Ruach Lafonai, Shamar Tiritzayni. The pleasure that the Eibishter has, that his will, has been fulfilled. 
So this is something that although the Kainim are the ones that actually bring the carbon, but in the context of the beginning of the Pasuk, Tzavaz B'nei Yisrael, that he's encouraging all of the Yidin to be dedicated to the Abishter, the Karbanis is something that's relevant in their dedication of all the Klal Yisrael. At the Pshat of Rashi, that he explains here these words, Tzav as B'nei Yisrael. This is the Abishter's response to Meish Rabbeinu asking the Abishter, or really commanding the Abishter, to appoint a leader on Klal Yisrael. Omnam, so now, based on this, we could understand the need for a mushal. Why Rashi brings a parable? The Pirish, that Kosher, based on this Pshat, we have the two following questions. Aleph, Divrei Moshe Yifke Dashem. When Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to the Ebishtah and he says that the Ebishtah should appoint somebody. Nemro la Kaddish Baruch Hu that Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to the Ebishtah as a command. Mitzaveini al Bonai, as the Ebishtah says, you're commanding me to take care of my children. And therefore the Ebishtah responds in the same way, Tzav as B'nai Yisrael canal, that you should command the Yidin. So the question is, Eich yitochen shemoshi yedabal HaKadosh Baruch Hu kazu. How is it possible that Moshe Rabbeinu would speak to the Abishter with such strength, with such strong terms, Sav, to command the Abishter what to do? How is that possible? So this is a problem with this Prat of Rashi. To create this connection between the Tzav as B'nai Yisrael and what Moshe Rabbeinu said before, that you're commanding me and I'm commanding you, this is a very strong conversation going on. It's very unusual that Moshe Rabbeinu should speak this way. Bayes, another question is, Bakoshas Moshe. What, what is Moshe Rabbeinu's request? Yifke Dashem, the Ebishe should appoint the leader. Why Moshe Rabbeinu was so concerned about this is very understood. It's very necessary for the existence of Yidin to have a leader. Ukimafurish, as the Pasik there explains that Moshe Rabbeinu said, So the congregation of the Ebishter should not be like sheep without a uh, shepherd. But the answer of the Abishter to Yidin, that Yidin should be commanded to listen to the Abishter. And what follows after that? What does the Torah choose to bring in this context? Lahakrif Karbonis, to bring Karbonis. Tachlisoi, what is the Karbonis all about? What's its purpose? It brings a pleasure. Nachas Ruach. Brings a pleasure to the Abishter. Doesn't seem to be something that's so necessary like Moshe Rabbeinu was asking. If so, there's a, a, a very strong question here. This Nachas Ruach that the Abishter has, through the Karbonis, is even more important. Before a leader is appointed for the Yidin. So much so that the Ebishter comes with a complaint to Moshe Rabbeinu. That before you talk about, before you talk about a leader for Yidin, something that's even more important is that Yidin should bring Karbanis for me. Karbanis is just an Indian of Nachas Ruach. A leader is, is, is critical for the existence of Klal Yisrael. So why does the Ebishter respond this way? So therefore we have some very basic questions in understanding this conversation between the Ebishta and Moshe. So Rashi answers this, by bringing the Moshel of the princess that was departing from the world, and she's um, telling her husband to take charge of the children. By bringing this Moshel, and specifically by quoting here these details, the Moshe Nimshul Abbas Melech, that Moshe Rabbeinu is compared to a princess, and specifically a princess in this time period when she's departing from the world. And regarding the fact that she is commanding her husband to take care of the children. And we are comparing the Abishter to a husband. Stam, without any titles. He's just the husband of the princess, no additional titles. Move on, Kalanal. This will answer the questions here. The problem that we have with the conversation between the Abishter and Moshe. Ulechem Isaim Rashi. Therefore, Rashi concludes, Kedi Isa Sifri, that this is the Moshe, the way it appears in the Sifri. Lishlel HaMoshel Shebetanchuma, to negate that we're not using the Moshe that is in the Tanchuma, Kanal Siv Gimel, as mentioned before. So the point here is, even though Rashi doesn't quote the Moshe in its entirety, it's because you don't need the entire Moshe. It's only these details the princess, the husband, departing from the world, and the children, these are the details of the mashal 
that are important to understand in the dynamics of the relationship between the Ebeshter and Moshe and the dynamics of this conversation that we had a problem about. Why is Moshe Rabbeinu speaking so strongly? Why is the Ebeshter responding so strongly? So to understand the dynamics of this conversation, it's only specifically these details that are relevant to explain this. How is that? So the Rebbe will explain here beautifully how every single detail is exact what Rashi brings. So the explanation of the Moshal is as follows. And the Rebbe points out three, the three main components of this Moshal. The first thing is, let's look at the, uh, at the wife, at the Biyosa Basmelech. So this wife, she's the one that's passing away now. So now this wife, this princess, since, since she's a Basmelech, she is a princess. She can demand very strongly from her husband, Stam. Her husband is just, uh, I mean, yes, she is the husband of a princess, but he's just a regular man in that sense. He's not a king at all. So she can demand of him things very strongly. She's a princess. She, she has a certain yichus. Her husband is just a plain individual. So she can turn to her husband and speak in strong terms. But there's another point here. Avol, Rak, when could she speak to her husband this way? Only when it comes time for her to depart from this world. And Bez also, when she's speaking to her husband about taking care of the children. Why is that? The rest of her lifetime, she's married to this man, even though he's just a plain individual. Regarding every wife, it says, that she has to listen to what her husband tells her. So during her entire lifetime, she can't speak with such strong words to command her husband what to do. But now when the time arrives, she's leaving the world, so she's, she has to speak up now. Two, another point here, she's talking to her husband, which is just a plain individual, and she's talking to him about her children. And another detail, they are the grandchildren of the king. These are the, 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 the children, the grand, which are the grandchildren of the king, are very special people. They have this special yichus. Now is the time when her strength and her yichus of being the princess comes out. And although during her entire lifetime she has a good marriage and she doesn't speak up against her husband, she doesn't demand of things of him this way. But now at this point, before she passes away, for her children, for the eneklach of the king, she speaks up that her husband, she can, she's a bas melech, she can speak up strongly to her husband. That's one point. So this is one point in the marshal as far as the position of the Bas Melech, the, the strength that the Bas Melech has, the princess has to speak up. Bayes, another point over here is Habal Mevakesh Sheishtoitzava as Bonov Olof. The husband requests that his wife should command the children to take care of him. And he speaks in a strong terms, in strong terms that she should see to it to command and encourage the children to take care of him. Why is this? Why is the uh, husband so concerned? So the Rebbe explains. Since after all, he's just a plain individual that got married to a princess. He's not a king. There is room for a concern. The children of the princess, the Eneklach, the, the grandchildren of the king, after their mother, the princess, passes away, won't give the proper honor to their father, which is now just a plain individual. It's, therefore, it's important that his wife, which is the, which is the princess, so she should encourage them and warn them about this, that they should take care and give the proper honor to their father. So this is the second point of the Moshe, the attitude of the children, that there is a concern that the children will not have the proper attitude to their father. Gimel, the third detail here is, Before you come and tell me, to take charge of the children, take care, tell the children to take care of me. What's the pshat of this? 
If this husband would be a king, hinigam in bond of layinagu by covet. If even if the children are not going to take care of him, they're not going to give him his honor. It wouldn't matter. He's not relying on them to such a do so much so much. Kimelech, who? He's a king. He has enough ministers and uh, servants to uh, give him his honor and to take care of whatever he needs. Since he's not a king, he's just her husband, he's a plain individual. Who is going to take care of him after the princess dies? Who's going who's gonna to look out for him? Only his children. And if children are not going to give him his honor he deserves, so then he's going to be in trouble. The Rebbe doesn't conclude. I guess the Rebbe doesn't want to emphasize in the negative. But then he's, it's only his children that could look out for him. So that's the third detail in the mashal over here. The position of this person. The position, he's, the husband is in a weak position. He's not a king. He's just a simple husband. So we have three details here in the mashal. The position of the basmelech. She's a princess. The position of the children, the attitude of the children, and the position of the husband, that he's not a king, he's just a plain husband. So it's these three details that are very relevant for the nimshal. The same also applies over here to the nimshal regarding the conversation between Moshe and the Eibishter. Aleph number one. Regarding Moshe Rabbeinu speaking so strongly to the Yevishter. That you should appoint an individual, a leader that should be there, that should be for the Yidin. And the Yidin should not be left without a shepherd. Moshe Rabbeinu, regarding this subject, that he wants to make sure that he didn't have a shepherd, regarding this specific subject, have a Moshe Rabbeinu Yisrael. Here, this is Moshe Rabbeinu's responsibility, and this is his thing that he could speak very strongly about. And the Rebbe points out, when we already find, we do find in the past, that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke very strongly about this, after the eagle. Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Ebeshter, if you forgive them, it's good. Uh, that I do not uh, tell you to erase me from the Sefer Torah. But if you do not forgive them, erase me from the Sefer Torah. And other similar cases, regarding specifically this subject of making sure that the Eden have somebody to provide for them, a shepherd that to take care of them, he speaks very strongly. Similar to the princess, that's married to just a plain individual, to a husband without any titles, which in this case, the nimshal is HaKadosh Baruch Kaviyachal, Kaviyachal the Ebishter himself. Regarding this, to provide for the Yidin, whatever they need, to be a shepherd for the Yidin, this is Moshe Rabbeinu's position, and this is Moshe Rabbeinu's responsibility, and he speaks with a taikif, he speaks strongly, even Kaviyachal to the Ebishter himself. It's interesting that Rebbe points out that Moshe Rabbeinu did this even earlier on, not only now when it came the time before he passes away. Even though in the Moshal, the Rebbe says that even the uh, princess does not speak this way during her lifetime, any time in the marriage, only later when it comes time to pass away. The Rebbe continues, So now, when it comes the time for Moshe Rabbeinu to pass away, when he has to give over the Yidin, the sheep, to another shepherd that's going to fill his place to lead the Yidin, which are Bani B'chayri Yisrael. These are the children. The children of the Yidin are the children of the Eibishter. Mamlechas Kainim, Sodom. The Yidin are the ministers, right? So the Yidin are not just um, any individuals. Tova mi Baila, Meisa Kadosh Baruchu. So Meisha Rabbeinu demands of the husband, which is the Eibishter, Betaykev Shabbas Melech. Rashi specifically wants to bring the Mashal from the Bas Melech, the princess, to, to make the point to explain why Meisha Rabbeinu speaks in such strong terms. Because regarding this subject, Moshe Rabbeinu Kaviyachal has more yichus even more than the Eibishter himself. This is his responsibility and this is something that's very deep in the responsibility of Moshe Rabbeinu that he talks to the Eibishter this way. Beis, the second detail here in the Moshul, regarding the attitude of Yidin. So the second detail, A portion of Klal Yisrael has not listened to the Eibishter's commands more than once. 
So the attitude that these Yidin have to the Eibishter, so there's a concern that uh, after Moshe Rabbeinu passes away, the Yidin will have an attitude to the Eibishter, like an attitude that these children would have to the husband without any titles. They won't give the Eibishter the proper honor. So therefore we need that Moshe Rabbeinu, which is Habas Melech, he is the Bas Melech, he is the princess, Yitzaving, you should command the Yidin Bidibushal Zeros to talk and to encourage them. Alza regarding this Tzav as Bnei Yisrael. So therefore, there is this concern, and it's very exact that Rashi uses the term Bailostam because it is possible that there are amongst Yidin, as it's, as it's been in the past, that they will not have a very good attitude towards the Abishter, and they will treat the Abishter like Bailostam. So that's another reason why it says Baal Stam over here without any titles. Gimel, then comes the third point over here, the position of the Eibishter, that the Eibishter Kaviyochel needs. He needs our Avodah, and he's requesting of Moshe Rabbeinu that he needs the Karbonus. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kaviyochel, the Eibishter is Kaviyochel, Kamoi Baila. He's just like a husband, but Belay Melech, we're not talking over here about the fact that the Eibishter is a king, but he's just a husband and an Av, a father, Hazakuk Leban of Lelechem, that could be relying on his children for bread. That's what the Mashal is coming to explain. So what's understood of here regarding the nimshal is, when the Ebishter tells Moshe Rabbeinu, command my children to listen to me, so to speak, this is something that the Ebishter is relying upon and it's completely necessary, like a father that could be relying for bread for his children to feed him. Even though this is difficult to understand, how could we say that Abisha relies on whatever Yidin will do, like a father relies on eating bread? But we see this clearly in the continuation of the Pasik, and this is why the Pasik uses this terminology here. As karbani lachmi, that the karbanis is my bread. The karbanis are bread, they are sustenance, which is something that's necessary. So therefore, the third detail of the Mashal over here is, Rashi specifically does not refer to the Abishter as a king, but it refers to the Abishter as a husband, as a Baal, without any titles, because it's like a husband, or in this case a father, that can't provide for himself, and the Yidin have to provide for him something which is completely necessary, and therefore, the Ebeshit says, Moshe Rabbeinu, command the Yidin, before you command me to take care of the Yidin, command the Yidin to give me my sustenance, which is completely necessary. In the Ha'ara, the Rebbe points out that there's other sources for this, and to understand what the Pshat in this really is, that the Ebeshit is relying on our Karbanis, like bread, so the Rebbe points us to a Sikh and Chelek the very first Sikh and Chelek which we learned not long ago, where there it's explained, Apichsidis, what this means, that Eivishter relies on the Aved of Yidin. But the point is, we see here beautifully how the choice of what Rashi brings in the Marshal explains the conversation between Moshe and the Eivishter. Bas Melech is telling us, is explaining us how Moshe Rabbeinu could speak such strong words. Moshe Rabbeinu is a shepherd. Regarding this inyan of providing for Yidin what they need, Moshe Rabbeinu speaks like a shepherd, like a Rebbe. And therefore he speaks to the Abishter in such kind of terms. And the Abishter in this context is just a husband, is the plain individual. And, and he's the plain individual that even Yidin may not give him his right, uh, the right honor and may not listen to him. And the Abishter is, so to speak, relying, Kaviyochel, relying on Yidin for their Aveda. That's the Pshat over here in the Rashi. Now that Rebbe concludes, Umizeh, so over here we have a wonderful lesson in Aravedah. The connection between the Eibishter and Yidin. It's Kaviyachal, it's, it's so to speak, it's the connection of father and son. As it clearly says in the Pasuk, you are children for the, to the Eibishter. And it says, Atem, Rak Atem. It's only the Yidin that have this connection. This is a much deeper connection than the expression of a king, which is not a connection to children. A king is a king over his nation, not children. In this relationship, it's the Abishter and his children. It's only the Abishter and the Yidin alone, and no strangers are in this relationship. This special relationship between the Eibishter and Yidin, who this is something which is constant, eternal, and has no changes at all. 
and therefore, the carbon that we speak about over here, in connection to this, using this mashal over here, that the Abish is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, command my children to, to listen to me, to be connected to me, to provide for me. So we're talking about the connection of father and child. It's, what are we talking about? A carbon tomit. We're talking about the carbon that's brought every day in the Beis HaMikdash constantly. On a daily basis. And it brings a pleasure to the Yebishter. And even more, this is the bread, so to speak, of the Yebishter. This is the special and constant eternal relationship that's expressed in the Karbanis of the Eden, the father and son relationship. So now that Rebbe says, Utfilis b'makim karbanis tiknum, b'makim tmidim tiknum. The davening that we daven every day today takes the place of the carbon tomid that was brought on a daily basis in the Beis HaMikdosh. So now, a person that's davening might have the following thought. Why is it so important? My davening. To daven on a daily basis. A person davens daily, three times a day. Why is it so important that I have to daven every single day connect to the Eibishter? What's the commotion? What would be so terrible if he will miss, God forbid, he'll miss just one tefillah, one davening on a simple day of a weekday. What's going to be so terrible if he's missing that in his relationship to the Eibishter? So over here, here comes the answer. And the lesson that we learn from our Rashi here. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Bikish, the Abishter requests, Tzavei as Bonai Alai, command my children, it's my children, command my children to turn to me. Sheyishmuru lahakriv b'mayadoi shnayim layoyim tomid, that on a daily constant basis the Yidin should bring the carbon tomid. Utfilis boys b'mkayma. And the same is on a daily basis the Yidin, the children should turn and connect to their father. Vayimad alzeh lachmi. And the Abishter says that this is so significant that it's like bread. And even not, not, not only that, the personal relationship that every Yid has in his davening on a constant basis, that father-son relationship that, a yid, that yid, every Yid expresses when he davens, is even more important than appointing a shepherd for all of Klal Yisrael. So therefore, we see over here how powerful and how necessary the, the relationship, the essential relationship between the Yidin and the Eibishter is that comes out in the davening. We'll move on, and it's understood. This is something which is important daily, constantly. Whether it's special days in the year, or whether it's just another regular weekday, every single day, you accomplish when you come and daven every single day. What you are accomplishing today in your davening is the pleasure of the Eibishter, that I have commanded and you have fulfilled my desire.